Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everyone, and welcome to this short video about Mandalorian Night Owls. During the Clone Wars, the leader of an elite group of Mandalorian soldiers called the Night Owls was a human woman named Bo-Katan Grease, who believed in the martial traditions of Mandalore's past, while her sister, Duchess Satine of Mandalore, steered her people towards a more non-violent, pacifist path. Bo-Katan decided to join a radical Mandalorian terrorist group called Death Watch, which also sought to revive their people's wearing heritage. So. When she joined the extremists, the Night Owls sided with them. She remained their leader, even as she was a lieutenant in Death Watch, answering to that organization's chieftain, Previsla. The Night Owl's armor and equipment was similar in appearance to that worn by the Death Watch. They had the same type of weapons, too, including dart launchers, hidden blades in their gauntlets, tripwire, blasters, and of course, a jetpack to fly with. Their metallic grey and blue plated armor was also individualized in the sense that each warrior had their own unique marking or symbol placed somewhere on their metal covering. The new peaceful Mandalorians, under Katan's sister's authority, exiled Death Watch from the Mandalorian system. But when the banished warriors encountered the former Sith Lord, Darth Maul and his brother Savage Opress, both Vizsla and Kreese plotted with the non-Sith to retake Mandalore. Maul united several criminal organizations under him that he would call the Shadow Collective, and allied them with the Night Owls and Death Watch as they overthrew Duchess Satine and her government. However, soon after, Maul challenged Vizsla, killing the Death Watch leader and taking the Mandalorian throne for himself. However, Bo-Katan refused to recognize Maul's rule, and so her Night Owls split in two. Between those loyal to her and the rest who embraced the Zabrak assassin's vision for Mandalore, this really led to the formation of the Mandalorian resistance and erupted the planet into civil war. Now, the Night Owls who had sided with Bo-Katan fought against Maul's Shadow Collective and his Mandalorian Super Commandos, and eventually joined their forces with their former enemy, 
Satine loyalists and attempted to liberate the Duchess from her cell, just so that she could contact Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi for help against Maul. But during the prison break, the Night Owls were soon overwhelmed by members of the Death Watch loyal to Maul. Though ultimately they were able to escape, Satine was recaptured and placed back in prison. Obi-Wan would soon come and try to save her, as Satine had been able to contact the Jedi before she was captured again. But because of Mandalore's neutrality in the Clone Wars, the Jedi could not send any reinforcements. So Obi-Wan was there on his own. The escape didn't go well, and unfortunately ended with Maul killing Satine. But the Night Owls were able to rescue Obi-Wan before he was taken to his prison. The Night Owls then, together with Obi-Wan, fought a massive battle in the capital city, Sundari against Maul's super commandos, and were eventually able to fight their way to a starship and get Obi-Wan off Mandalore, so that he could return to the Republic and inform them about the situation. Reinforcements from the Republic would first arrive a year later. They laid siege to the planet and drove Maul's forces off the homeworld of the Mandalorians. Bo-Katan was then made Lady of House Kryze and Regent of Mandalore, a position she only held for a short time, as once the Republic transitioned into the Empire, Kreese and her night owls refused to follow the new galactic emperor, Palpatine, and thus she lost her position as regent and the clan Saxon took her place. The imperial presence on Mandalore led to yet another civil war that lasted for years. It wasn't until Bo-Katan met Countess Ursa Wren and her daughter Sabine who gave the Night Owl leader the Darksaber, an ancient lightsaber that was a symbol for the Mandalorians for worthiness and leadership, that the clans could be united once again. For when the two members of Clan Wren gave Kreese the saber, they were declaring her worthy of being the new Mandalore, the leader of all Mandalorians. Hope you guys enjoyed this video. I will catch you in the next episode of Star Wars Theory. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you always. Hey guys, in today's video I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the Mandalorian timeline. Now this video might not be needed for my more hardcore viewers, however if you are one of them, thank you for watching, please stay and let me know if I missed anything. Now that being said, this is intended to clear up a bit of confusion to some of you who are more casual Star Wars fans in regards to where the Mandalorian fits in the overall Star Wars timeline relative to the movies. The Mandalorian takes place on the fringes of the galaxy and is a slick space western with a very lone wolf and cub inspired feel about it. When it comes to the main character and baby Yoda, we have also seen stormtroopers. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. In dirty, beat up armor, working for the client that sent our bounty hunter hero to find the cute little green youngling in the first place. But we also know from some of the conversations the Mando has had with the bounty hunter guild representative Grief Karga that the Empire is gone and all there is left of them are mercenaries and warlords. The New Republic has also been mentioned. So, where the heck are we? How can there be stormtroopers if the Empire is gone? And if the Empire is gone, where's the First Order? Wasn't Yoda almost a thousand years old when he died? So if he's a baby, does this take place in the past instead? Even before the original trilogy and the prequels? But if it's the past, how can there be a new Republic? Shouldn't it just be the Republic? Now I can see how a lot of you can be confused 
for the more laid-back Star Wars enthusiast out there, so let me try and clear this up as much as I can. Okay, first of all, the show takes place approximately five years after the events of Return of the Jedi. So, after the second Death Star blew up, the Emperor was destroyed, seemingly, and Darth Vader was redeemed. So that means that the series is also set at about 30 years before Rey, Finn, Kylo, and the rest in The Force Awakens and the new sequel trilogy. After the end of the original trilogy, the Rebel Alliance used the incredible victory against the Empire they had achieved at the Battle of Endor to move quickly and re-establish the Galactic Senate that very same year, as they transitioned from the Alliance to restore the Republic, the New Republic. But rather than placing their new galactic government on Coruscant as the former Republic and the Empire had done, the New Republic first assembled their government on the planet Chandrilla, the home of Chancellor Mon Mothma. As they held the galactic core, the New Republic military forces were able to topple the Empire and push the remnant of the Imperials outwards towards the Outer Rim world, which is the part of space our Mandalorian bounty hunter spends most of his time at. Though a large number of the Imperial forces also receded into the Unknown Regions, it was there where they would reform later into the First Order. It's a very chaotic time. The rising New Republic is still trying to consolidate and cement its power in the galaxy, while still dealing with the Imperial Remnant and other new Separatist factions that have popped up to challenge their authority. Werner Herzog's character, who is the client that wants Baby Yoda, is part of or at least working for the Imperial Remnant. This is why he is guarded by beaten up stormtroopers. Now as for Baby Yoda, well, he's not the old Yoda from the previous trilogies. We still don't know who he truly is, only that he is 50 years old, which for a species that can live up to nearly a thousand, still makes him a baby. But the scientist who is also working with the Imperial Remnant, perhaps against his will, has an insignia on his uniform that matches those used by the Kamino cloners in the Clone Wars. This could suggest that the Yoda baby is a clone of the old Jedi Master, though it's possible that he could also be the reincarnation of the actual Yoda. Or he's just another Yoda species, and we don't know anything about Yoda species, that's why everyone just refers to him as Baby Yoda. I mean, it's not like they're gonna call him Baby Yadel. But regardless, this particular member of the Yoda species was born around the same time as Anakin Skywalker, and not centuries in the past like the real Yoda. So basically, the Mandalorian will shed some light on the 30-year period between Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, and Episode 7, The Force Awakens. I hope this video was a bit informative to the newcomers here that enjoy Star Wars and are just getting into The Mandalorian. Have an awesome rest of your day, and I'll see you in the next video. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you always.